0: Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Purpose Map Podcast. I'm Casey Berglund, your host and the founder of Worthy and Well. I hope you enjoyed our Worthy and Well Nourished series and that it got you thinking and feeling into where you could up-level your own wellness and self-care practices. Today is a very special episode in some ways because we're gonna try something a little different. I asked you, dear listener, what questions you have. I opened it up and gave you the space to ask me anything. And you responded. You sent in emails, you replied to messages, and you asked whatever question was on your mind. And I have gathered those questions. I have them on a list right beside me. And I decided just moments ago that I would stay grounded in my energy and be in my body and trust that the answers to these questions will easily flow through me. Also, I'm trusting that what you're meant to receive will pass you by. Before we get into the questions, I have to tell you this. I don't know if I've shared with you that I am co-writing a book on embodied leadership with two other amazing, incredible humans um, on the other side of the country, but all all of us are from Canada. And we have been connecting over the last couple of years to write this book together. And this weekend, we had planned an in-person weekend at a spa in Montreal to get everything together, to like pull all the pieces together so that we can send our book off for editing. And at the very last minute, there was a COVID outbreak and our reservation was canceled. And so we all stayed home and decided to continue to connect over Zoom. So this morning, I actually had two chunks of time with these women thinking about, talking about, writing about, embodied leadership and the different pillars that we've come up with as part of that process. And so I literally just hung up with them and wanted to get this podcast episode recorded for you and felt like, wow, this energy that I'm riding from these conversations about embodied leadership actually ties perfectly into the Q&As, the cues rather, that came in over the last couple of days. So I'm riding the energy, trusting the wisdom that comes through, uh, staying connected with my body, and you're going to receive answers to these questions that are very in the moment. So shall we get to it? I say we do. I thought it was a little bit uh, funny, interesting that given what I just shared coming off of this embodied leader book writing sesh, that the first question on my list is, what the heck is embodiment? (laughs) And um, what's fascinating about this question is I ask myself that question every other day, sort of like, hmm. what's my definition of embodiment today? When you Google the word embodiment, I feel like, or when I Google the word embodiment, I feel like the answers that pop up don't quite satisfy me. They don't really relate to what I'm talking about when I'm talking about embodiment. So let me share with you currently what feels like an appropriate response for right now around what is embodiment. And actually, in our book, uh, we use a, a simple definition that is allowing awareness to come back into your body. So that is one way to look at it. I also think of embodiment as a practice as well. And the embodiment practice being about connecting with and paying attention to sensations by way of the body. And let me just break that down a little bit. When I say sensations, I'm speaking about felt sense experiences, or in other words, what you feel in your body like a physical sensation. I'm talking about uh, tingling, numbness, openness. Pulsing, vibrating, uh, that feeling of having butterflies in your stomach. Sometimes, because language is so limited, it's hard to describe what we feel in our bodies. So, sometimes using metaphor to describe that physical sensation is helpful. So, one might say it's like an elephant sitting on my chest. So, it's like a heavy sensation. So, physical sensation is one type of sensation, um, but and also When you make the intention to allow awareness to come back into your body, you might experience other sensations like sound. You might hear a sound or hear your own inner voice, a whisper, a message. You might see a vision. Some people connect with the intuition that comes through after practicing a body-based practice as a vision. An example of this is uh, the purpose map for me. If you have already worked through your ultimate guide to inner fulfillment and aligned success, you'll have learned that the purpose map is a framework that I created. And that purpose map framework came to me as a vision on a bike ride. So in that context, the bike ride was the embodiment practice And the purpose map was the vision that I saw by connecting in with my body. So, a vision is also considered a sensation. You might also experience a direct knowing. We call this claircognizance, a form of intuition where it's like you know something and you don't know why you know it, but you just do. Practicing embodiment or allowing awareness to move through the body. Or connecting with what you feel inside of your body can crack open this gateway toward uh, intuitive access. So what the heck is embodiment? Embodiment is allowing awareness to come back into your body. It is attuning to the sensations that are felt or experienced through that awareness. Those are two different ways to think of it, uh, which are related. I also think of embodiment or to embody the verb as a practice of stepping into a different form or situation. And here's what I mean by that. I facilitate this practice in all of our programs called your integrated self meditation. And your integrated self is the version of you who has integrated wisdom from moments in your life that felt expansive, moments in your life that felt constrictive. And it's this highly conscious version of you. Sometimes I think about my integrated self as like a future version of me that is a wise old woman, you know? And when I facilitate this integrated self meditation, I get people to embody their integrated self. So what I mean by that is to, you know, close their eyes and envision that version of them, that integrated self, and then I get them to imagine that they're literally stepping into the energy and the skin and the body of that version of them. I had a business coach um, once who named Elizabeth Purvis, and when she would facilitate different practices, she would say, uh, put your toes in their toe slots, put your fingers in their finger slots, put your heart where their heart is. And I love that language. And to me, the practice of embodying my integrated self is me like stepping into almost putting on the suit of a 70-year-old version of me who has beautiful, long, gray, curly hair and is wise and graceful and has a certain energy about her. So when we use the term embodiment, we could also be referring to embodying or stepping into a different state. Why would we do that? Well, in this case, when I step into my integrated self, my future 70-year-old, gray-haired, graceful old lady, I become her momentarily in my current existence, I begin to embody more grace. I embody equality. I embody, I walk slower. When I think of that version of me, she's not that anxious. She's not like reactive. She's, she moves slow in a uh, thoughtful way. She's intentional. And so when I imagine stepping into her skin and when I feel what she feels like in my own body, I become her. This reminds me, oh i'm I'm just realizing how these questions might lead to some tangents. That just reminded me of um, the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, where he talks about how when you embody the identity of who you want to become, it makes it easier to adopt behaviors that are in alignment with that identity um, in the last coaching session that you witnessed of the Worthy Malnourished series, our guest at the end, I asked her, Who do you need to become? Or who do you think of? Or what is the version of you who hires a personal trainer and consistently goes to the gym and up levels her physical fitness? And what I was doing by asking that question was getting her to envision the identity or the body or the experience of the type of person for which the practices she was trying to adopt would be easy. So embodiment can refer to stepping into a different version of you or even a different archetype in order to bring about a certain state within yourself in the present moment. Okay, that's all for that question. I just realized I could speak to that forever. So the next question, what does it mean to let your body lead? That's also a packed question. In short, to let your body lead means to attune to the body, to practice embodiment, and to check in with what wisdom is there. And then to trust that wisdom and at least contemplate it as valuable information before making a decision. So to not let your body lead is to live from the neck up, is to be a head on a stick, is to be thinking, thinking, thinking your way through problems rather than tapping into this whole other level of consciousness that is available to you to make decisions more purposeful. If you haven't yet watched my TED talk, Let Your Body Lead, there's a lot of wisdom in that that can help support you with receiving the answer to this question. And here's what letting your body lead does not mean. It does not mean only ever making instinctual in the moment decisions. Like people misconstrue what "let your body lead" means. Um, I'm thinking about when I was a dietitian and I drove across the country. I drove coast to coast across Canada and taught these yoga for mindful eating and living workshops. And um, really, it was about helping people to attune to their bodies or practice embodiment as it relates to eating and around food. And I would often use the terms, uh, the term intuitive eating in that context as well, which is uh, comes from the book Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rich. Hopefully, I'm saying their names properly. And people would think that to be an intuitive eater meant to just like have whatever you want, you know, or to let your body lead in the context of eating or food is to like. Devour all the quote unquote bad foods. And that is not at all what it means. It is to slow down and to attune to a deeper wisdom that speaks through body sensation in the context of food. If you're a human, you were born with signals around hunger and fullness. I talked about this a little bit in What Babies Teach Us about Intuitive Wellness. So that episode goes into that in more detail. It doesn't mean to, it's actually the opposite of what a lot of people think. (laughs) A lot of people think to let your body lead means to do whatever you want, almost in a reactive, frantic way. What it actually means is to be thoughtful and intentional and attuned to a deeper level of wisdom. Let your body lead is about getting connected with what we might call body consciousness. consciousness or awareness that speaks through the body through sensation like all of the different sensations that i told you about before physical sensations sounds visions direct knowings etc i must say this is a nuanced ongoing exploration i It's not simple, necessarily. It's not simple, necessarily. It is simple, but it's not simple. As I deepen my own work, I come to realize how many nuances (laughs) there are as it relates to embodiment work. And I redefine what it means to let my body lead all the time. Uh, If you're new here, I mean, welcome. If you're new here, the simplest place to start is to attune to your body or pay attention to your body in very small ways. Like, for example, take a deep breath. Do it with me right now. Deep breath in through the nose. Feel how there's expansion in your body and breathe out of the mouth. Feel how your body contracts. Expansion and contraction are sensations. What you feel as you breathe in and you breathe out is you attuning to the body. That's you practicing embodiment. That is the best place to start. It's like learn how to take three breaths multiple times throughout the day. That will guide you back into your body. I'm going to move on to the next question. What do I do if I can't get through the body acronym exercise on my own without popping into my head? Oh, and this kind of goes alongside this other question. I suck at meditation. What are some other ways to get into my body? If you're new here, um, you're like, what the heck's the body acronym exercise? It is a practice, a specific practice to help you attune to your body. And it came out of me creating the Let Your Body Lead TEDx Talk. So when you watch the TEDx Talk, you'll notice that throughout it, this acronym is created and you get to practice it at the end of the TED Talk in a really like short way. Um, I also have a recording of the body acronym exercise that you can get at letyourbodylead.com. The body acronym exercise, B stands for breathe, O stands for observe, D is delay, don't fix it, just feel it. In other words, don't fix the sensation that you're observing, just like be with it a little longer. And why is say yes to its wisdom? I'm not gonna go into too much detail around it right now because you get to watch the TED Talk and practice it through the audio I just mentioned at lightyourbodylead.com after listening to this podcast episode. But I wanna get back to the question, what do I do if I can't get through it? without popping into my head. And similarly, I suck at meditation. What are some other ways to get into my body? So the first part of this, what do I do if I can't get through it on my own without popping into my head? First, it's all good. First, you accept that it's completely natural as a human to pop into your head, that that's part of it. There's nothing wrong with that. That's part of what you're observing. You're practicing the body acronym exercise perfectly well, even when, especially when you notice that you pop up into your head. That's part of what you're observing. That's the O of the body acronym exercise. So don't beat yourself up. A prerequisite for body-centered work is self-compassion. In fact, in the book I was telling you about that we're writing, it is one of the first pillars. Is practicing compassion. And compassion is really about, you know, being being present with what you're experiencing, knowing that you're not alone in that experience, that it's very human to have whatever experience you're experiencing, aka popping up into your head, that's so human. And choosing to to be kind to yourself. So if you pop up into your head in meditation or in any body-centered practice, in while practicing the body acronym exercise notice that let it be okay accept it and be kind and i would also say as soon as you're aware of the what you're calling popping into your head come back to your anchor come back to the point of what you're doing come back to your focal point in the case of the body acronym exercise come back to whatever part of the acronym you're on come back to the o observe o observe you might say that to yourself a couple of times o observe d delay it's no problem at all and this actually ties into the next one i suck at meditation we all kind of suck at meditation especially when we start and and i say that in a quirky sort of way because you can't do it wrong The point of meditation is not, the practice of meditation anyway, is not to like not ever be thinking. The point is to observe what's happening. And so I find when people say they suck at meditation, what they're really saying is like when I close my eyes and try to tune into my breath, I notice how wild my mind is, how many thoughts I think, how many like racing horses are circling my brain. That still is meditation, you noticing. That is the practice of meditation. It's a practice for a reason. So again, self-compassion, be kind to yourself. You're not alone. It's completely natural for meditation to feel hard or uncomfortable. What can you do to be kind to yourself? And I want to answer this other question, though. What are some other ways to get into my body? Getting into your body simply is a tuning to sensation. So if we think about our senses, smell, sight, taste, touch, hearing, sound, anything that you do to intentionally connect with one of those senses is a way to get into your body. Uh, One of my favorite ways to get into my body is to have a bath and to feel the warm water on my skin. I also like to walk outside and be in nature and even like lean up against a tree and sort of feel the rough bark on my back. I use essential oils. So smelling a scent connects me with my body. That's another way to get into your body. Uh, Moving my body is really helpful. I would say that has been Movement and exercise and sports, that's been the entry for me into embodiment practices. So moving your body can be really helpful. Uh, listening to music and just like focusing on the sounds that you hear. That's embodiment as well. So think outside of the just sitting on your mat when you think about ways to, quote, "get into your body. Uh, eating food and noticing what it feels like to have food in your mouth and to swallow it and imagine it like going into your stomach. That's a way that you connect with your body. It's just being present with the sensations that you're experiencing in day-to-day life. Okay, next question. Good question. What do you mean when you say expansion and contraction? And I think this is referring specifically to um, like what do you mean? How does that feel in your body? Like, what do you mean when you say that? To me, expansion refers to a sensation of openness or making bigger. Uh, For example, an expansive feeling when I get enthused by something is I tend to like Open my heart, like literally my body changes. My chest lifts, my shoulders draw back. I think about if I hear really good news, I might even throw my arms up in the air and literally make myself bigger. I expand. So, in a, I guess, sort of big way, uh, for lack of better words, you're literally expanding your body. That is expansion. In subtler ways, expansion in the body can feel like, um, like, you know when it feels like a weight's been lifted off your shoulders? So I guess the sensation of relief, to me that is almost like a relief from contraction, the opposite of expansion. And then from that state of feeling relieved, I feel like I can let go of tension and there can be an opening. My body is expanding. I can feel when my heart opens. I can feel when there's a softness in my body, when my shoulders drop. Those are some examples of expansive sensations. When I say contraction, I mean make smaller, shrink. So I think about, I'm thinking about a client I have, a recent client who in one of our first sessions, she was talking about how she tends to be a people pleaser and tends to not use her voice or not speak her truth when there are other especially kind of powerful energies in the room, other people who very much do use their voice. Um, we were talking about how it's a natural tendency for her to like be quiet to not share her truth and as she was telling me this i watched her shoulders curl forward her hands come in her body literally became smaller contraction contraction can also feel like a knot in the stomach contraction for me anxiety feels like tightness in the chest some people feel that elsewhere in the body it's like it's like my chest is squeezing in towards center it's contracting there's a Physical experience of making smaller. When I feel like shamed by someone, the feelings of shame literally make my body shrink, make me want to hide. So, contraction is a way of describing any sensation that makes you feel small. And expansion and contraction, these feelings, these sensations in the body are completely natural that's part of like what makes you human moving through life expanding and contracting uh sometimes i think about expansion being an energy that comes from love whereas contraction is a an experience that comes from fear take that on try that on see it if that feels true for you um but that's another way to think about it Ooh. These are good questions. What do you mean when you say receive truth? What does that look like or feel like? Mm, good question. I'm making an assumption here that this person is asking about what it what it means when I say I receive truth uh, like by way of my body. And I guess what I mean by this is I access a type of intuition that I know is right. (laughs) And even as I say that, um, I'm imagining you might be thinking like, what the hell does that mean? And how do I know if it's the truth or my mind playing a trick on me? Um, Let me speak to this a little more. I'm thinking about a few specific moments in my life where I've just known something to be the truth. One of them you heard about in our very first episode the very first episode of this podcast, which is called uh, Shift Your State, Find Your Purpose, where I share about receiving this wisdom of like what my purpose in life is. And so that, that's one example I'm thinking of where receiving truth was like real. Another moment I'm thinking of um, was when I was in an ashram in India and I was in meditation, and I heard the words, let go of your dietitian identity. Remember I said sensations could be auditory? That, that's one example of that. And so, in short, I think receiving truth for me is about accessing a type of intuition. And there are different types of intuition. There's clairvoyance, which is clear seeing or having a clear vision. There's clairaudience, which is clear hearing, clear sound. There's clairsentience, which is clear feeling, or in other words, connecting with that sense of touch. There's claircognizance, which is clear knowing. I think that's all of them. If I've missed one, let me know. And my experience, and I am speaking from the eye, because it's different for everyone, my experience is that I have access to all of those modes of intuition, and that when I am practicing a practice that allows me to connect with my body, I open up the gateway to accessing any one of those types of intuition. So I used the example earlier of um riding my bike and seeing this flash that was the purpose map, that is the purpose map, that guides our whole business. When you see something you can't unsee that is so clear, uh, I'll speak from the eye. When I see something that's so clear, that makes everything make sense, it's like that aha moment. To me, that is me receiving truth. When I heard, let go of your dietitian identity, from being in meditation, a.k.a. connecting with my body in a certain way in the ashram in India, that was a form of audience. When I discovered my dharma that I speak about in that first episode, and I had this felt sense experience in my heart, like this expansive energy moved through my heart, that was clairsentience. It was like I felt that my purpose was love. And when I honestly turn on a mic and answer questions, and sometimes things come out of my mouth where I'm like, where did I learn that? Sometimes I can't think of where I learned it. It is a form of clear cognizance, a clear knowing that seems to come out of nowhere. And so what's the connection between embodiment or body-based practices and this access to intuition? Well, My experience is that when we drop from the stories that are living up in our heads, like from the neck up, and we connect with the physical body, we open up to what I mentioned earlier, body consciousness or wisdom that speaks through the body by way of intuition. And let me just pause here to say, um, this is not fluffy at all. Every single human on the planet is intuitive, has access to intuition. You just might not have learned how to use it or might not have learned how your intuition works. I would say most people have a leading form of intuition. You know, they may be a more visual person rather than an auditory person. And so they receive messages through visions. Rather than hearing words. So, the practice of embodiment, or the more that you connect with your body, the more that you connect with a whole other way, a whole other type of consciousness that allows you to be more intuitive. And I believe that connecting with that intuitive wisdom helps you connect with truth easier. So, back to this question what do you mean when you say to receive truth? For me to receive truth is to open myself up. An intuitive message. And then I mean, there's the next step of trusting that intuitive message and doing something about it, which is a whole other story. Okay, I'm going to move on. What else we got here? Man, these are good questions. Um, What is a core purpose? And what if mine has nothing to do with my job? (sighs) I mentioned at the very start of this that whatever answers are coming through in this moment in time, I'm just trusting. And that they might be different responses compared to what I might have said an hour ago or yesterday or two months ago. So, for context, at Worthy and Well, I help people discover and create something called a core purpose statement. And this really is identifying a special gift in that person. So, if you were my client, um, I would support you with discovering what it is that you do underneath everything that you do. Now, you are a multidimensional being. You're probably multi-passionate. You probably have tons of skills and talents. And like, that's amazing. And like, please be, be your big badass self. Like, do not shrink. You get to be all of those things. What I find sometimes is that because folks... Are So multidimensional and multi-passionate, it's really hard for them to take all of those different ideas and thoughts and beliefs and ground them in a way that helps them feel grounded and anchored. And in the context of business, I work with a lot of business owners who want to like share with the world what they do, but they have all these different integrated gifts. A core purpose statement helps them to connect in with like, what's the thread that connects all these things? And how can I really own that as my superpower? So a core purpose statement, I find, really helps you to identify your superpower and own it and be even more of yourself and realize that all these different parts, of course, you get to own and embrace all of them. They're all connected. They're all embodied in you and sometimes we don't validate our own selves and our own gifts and our own experience because we don't have language for them and that's okay we don't need language to express who we are and sometimes it helps so a core purpose statement is the language that helps you to kind of ground into for yourself what it is that you do underneath everything you do no matter what even when you're all alone what is it that you see naturally or that is a gift of yours and everybody has special gifts so that's what i'm talking about and that's what this this um this comes from a client that's what this client is talking about when she asks like what really is a core purpose and what if mine has nothing to do with my job uh your core purpose could have nothing to do with your job like i said it's what you do underneath everything you do no matter what So it's not just about your career. Your core purpose is at play when you are in relationship with people, when you are connecting with yourself and your own well-being. Um, And so take the pressure off that your purpose or what comes naturally to you has to be the thing that you do for work. Now, what I see is that people can feel tension or fragmentation when their job isn't a space where they feel like they can safely and authentically bring what's natural to them to the table, where they feel like they have to cut off parts of themselves to just exist in that space, where they feel they have to like put on a mask or a costume in order to exist in that job. I mean, that's going to make anyone feel tension inside of themselves, fragmentation inside of themselves rather than integration. So often there is this desire for a job or a career path, considering that we spend most of our lives at our jobs, for that to align with our natural gifts and what we feel we're here on the planet for. So if yours has nothing to do with your job, I guess notice what comes up for you, even in claiming that. Where does that? tension show up in your body can you attune to what you feel when you acknowledge that it has nothing to do with your job and obviously um if i had the person who asked this question right in front of me i'd ask a lot more questions to clarify what it is their their meaning here and where the tension actually is um but i'm i don't and so i'm just sort of like attuning to what they might be feeling and what they're really asking I hope that's helpful. okay, let's see okay there's a few more questions and I see that they are all personal <laughs> they're all about they're all directed at me. What are your core values? Um, it's interesting I have on my phone screen oh I gotta I gotta clear a few notifications I'm looking at it right now. I have values on the screen of my Phone, and here's what they say courageous growth, transparent truth, unconditional love, embodied leadership, and radical trust. So, answering that question is quite easy because those are my core values. I believe in constantly growing, and growth takes courage. So, courageous growth. I believe in the truth, transparent truth, even when it's hard. I believe in unconditional love and like, uh, that's hard too sometimes, but I'm guided by this. I'm guided by what would be the truthful choice? What would be the loving choice? What would be the choice that allows me to grow? Embodied leadership. Embodied leadership to me means being what you do like showing up authentically and leading from a place of really having integrated what you're teaching and then radical trust for me is is a spiritual trust it's a it's a trusting in the unfolding of life it's trusting that whether I'm experiencing expansion or contraction, there's a reason for it and that it is guiding me in some way and that I don't have to grip for control. I can let go. I can soften. I can let life take me. Um, and that is hard, <laughs> but I really believe in it. Um, So those are my core values. Next question. What spiritual practices are supporting you these days? Ooh, okay. Um, Last year, I learned how to open up the Akashic Records. Uh, Michelle Pelazon of Holisticism taught me how to do this. And you can look forward to an episode with her in the new year, which will be wonderful. And really, it's it's saying a prayer that for me, when I say the prayer, I get kind of like a wave of tingles through my body. And I feel like what comes out of me, uh, like what I mean by that is if I'm writing or speaking or journaling even, I feel like I get access to a different type of wisdom, a spiritual wisdom that comes out of me. I even opened up the Akashic Records for the Purpose Map podcast before recording this episode. You know, it helps me to trust that I'm channeling or speaking what is needed. So that definitely is a spiritual practice that's newer that I engage with. Um, In the mornings, I always light candles and sit quietly with my coffee or tea. Who am I kidding? It's usually coffee. And to me, that is a spiritual practice. I'm connecting with myself, with my ancestors, with guides, with universal consciousness. I don't know, with source, with life. I don't feel like I have the need to define, you know, what spirituality means to me or that kind of greater power, I suppose. I just feel like I connect with uh, a holisticness of life. (laughs) Is that a word? I don't think so. Mm, Anything else? That's all I'll share for now. What's your favorite food? Okay. Um... I don't think I've ever said that this is my favorite food before, but as soon as I asked that question, I got a visual of nachos and guacamole, and I think I'm hungry, and I think that's what I want right now. So talk about intuitive eating. That is uh, my favorite food in this very moment. Who do you look up to and why? As I spoke that question into the mic, I um, instantly got a vision of my brother. Um, yeah, I feel like I look up to all of my siblings, and and in this moment right now, I'm definitely feeling connected to my brother, who is, you know, transitioning into fatherhood like a like a pro. And I guess what I look up to about him is how he allows himself to evolve and change. And it's interesting to witness his spiritual journey and to have him mirror back to me different parts of my own. And I just, yeah, this one's for you, bro. I look up to you. Who else do I look up to and why? Uh, the next person that came to mind is my dear friend Aislin, who owns Grant, which is a graphic design company. And I look up to her because I just see how she keeps herself inspired and connected and motivated for the work that she does and how everything seems to come from a deeper why. And I can just feel that alignment. Like, she's an embodied leader in her own way in the company that she runs. And the third person that's coming to me in this moment is my healer, who I am learning so much about consciousness from and who I've been working with for quite some time uh, what I actually feel, what she's, okay, she inspires me in a lot of ways, but what Jess came to me is that she constantly wears color, like bright, bright colors. And that reflects back to me how neutral my wardrobe is and how much I want more color in my life and how important that is to, like, help me embody a certain energy or frequency. So, That's I don't know. These are such intuitive responses. I feel like I again would have different answers for you if I recorded this an hour from now. But I've been thinking a lot about adding way more color to my life. Let me just say that. Okay, the final question. Yeah, I'm going to answer this. I I read it and I was like, maybe this is for another Q and A episode that's geared around like business and entrepreneurship. But it's here, so I'm going to answer it now. What are your top three bits of advice for entrepreneurs? Ooh. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of a brand new entrepreneur, someone who's like starting a business right now. So this is who I'm speaking to when I answer this question. My first bit of advice is don't get all wrapped up in investing a lot of time, energy, money into a fancy website and business cards. If you haven't gotten clear on who your client is, and what problem they want solved. That's my first bit of advice. My second bit of advice. Mm. The world needs you as you are. Like, and your weird parts. Like, truly, truly. The world needs you to, like, integrate that disparate part of you into your work, um, if that feels aligned for you. I say if that feels aligned for you, because I also don't think that a business has to be like perfectly an expression of your authentic self. Like sometimes it's just you get a smart business idea that can make you a lot of money and you create that thing. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And because I know that I tend to attract very purpose-driven entrepreneurs who really want to show up authentically and as embodied leaders in their work. Um I just want to encourage you that you get to bring that part of you that maybe you felt like you were bullied for growing up or maybe that you kind of like stuffed away in the closet. That thing that you're neglecting about yourself is like the fucking gold that people will pay you a lot of money for. So be yourself. Uh, That sounds like such trite wisdom, but that's what I'm going to say. And lastly, uh, surround yourself with expansive beings. I just think about how ultra independent I've been for the majority of my life and how that's led to a sort of lone wolf syndrome. And like entrepreneurship can be a lonely path, but it doesn't have to be. We need each other. We need each other for co-regulation. As you learned in the episode about your nervous system, we need each other to feel inspired and uplifted. And, you know, in the words of Jim Rohn, you become the five people you surround yourself with. Uh, You become everyone you surround yourself with. So surround yourself intentionally with people who inspire and expand you. Period. That's it. That's all for today, folks. Whole bunch of questions here. Thank you um, for sending them in. This was fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we spoke about a few things. We spoke about embodiment, letting your body lead the body acronym, uh, core purpose. I guess I'm feeling called to share that there's a few resources you can use to take this further. One is the let your body lead TEDx talk. I mentioned the body acronym exercise earlier. You can get that at letyourbodylead.com. If you are interested in being supported in finding clarity of purpose you can book a two-hour, one-on-one clarity of purpose workshop with me. I'll make sure the link is in the show notes. Um, that will help you, especially if you're navigating change, to really identify your core purpose statement that can be an anchor and help you take the next steps to find like the, the roadmap and the energy to align your actions in your next phase. Also, I am opening up spots for two people for one-on-one coaching and mentorship into the new year, especially those of you who are purpose-driven leaders who have gone through some change and feel like you have some healing to do and also want to build and or grow a purpose-driven business. I have two spots available So, if you're interested in that, hit me up, send me an email, info at worthyandwell.com, and I can share more details about that. That's all for now. I hope you have just the most beautiful day. And I'm so excited to kick off our next uh, series, which is all to help you feel worthy and well loved. So we're going to talk about love, relationships, self-love, all things, connection, self-love, relationships. All right. Take good care. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.